Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, eight months out and we're starting to get a picture of what E3 won't be. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including that Detective Pikachu trailer. And then on Thursday, come back because we are going to be talking about Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. I promise both this whole week of shows isn't just about Pokemon. There's other stuff, too. Mark, how you doing? I'm feeling festive, Patrick. Yes, tell me why. Okay, so don't be mad. Uh, I know we reached an accord. Yes. You know, I said that I wanted to start playing Christmas music two weeks ago. Uh huh. You said, come on, you can at least hold out until after Thanksgiving, to which I agreed. And then today I broke that truce. You agreed, like, reluctantly, and I believe a week after we had the conversation. (laughs) Well, anyways, I started listening (laughs) to Christmas music on my right over here. Uh huh. I was feeling great. What are your go to? Goodwill for everybody. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I have a Christmas mix downloaded to my phone uh-huh. 365 days a year, but I don't play it. Mm. You don't clear until... it up just to just like get some room on your phone? No. Okay. Uh, I, I download very few songs uh-huh. to my phone because uh-huh. mostly uh-huh. I'm just like streaming music. But Christmas, I want to make sure I have access, access to, sure. even if I have bad cellular data. Even if you're like in a subway tunnel and the train car gets stopped and it's one of those uh, underground railways that doesn't have free Wi-Fi. And I'm feeling a carpenter Christmas. I want to be able to play it. You got to have access to it. So anyways, it's like four and a half hours of Christmas music that right. I put on shuffle and just like let it wash over me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was great. And so that's where you are right now. Feel, yep. Feeling festive. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit chilly in Los Angeles. Yes. Mm-hmm. You and I are drinking a nice red wine right now. Um, getting in the mood here. Yes, absolutely. And also, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving together this year. Uh-huh. I think this is, I think this is going to be... We're, we're in festive... We're in a festive mode now. A festive time. Oh, yeah. We have totally put the car into gear. Mm-hmm. Christmas. And that gear, F for festive. <laughs> or oh, X yeah, for, sure. for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Christmas starts with an X. Um, you know what else starts with an X? Being friends with us on Switch. It doesn't start with an X. Um, but if you would like to do that, all you have to do is find our friend codes in the description of this episode and plug them into your little Switch machine, and then you can be friends with us on Switch and see what we're playing. Just a friendly reminder, don't be thrown when you enter my friend code and it comes up as Ace. Right. That's how Mark. That's Mark's gamer tag. That's my gamer persona, if you will. Oh, and I will. Um, I recently changed my uh, little like profile image uh, back to a me. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I I just I I saw that a bunch of my friends were using the me's, and I thought it was cute. And some of them were like posed in ways that I was like, it is very funny and appropriate that that friend chose that posture. And so I thought I should do that for me, and I did, and I've never been happier. Mark, we've got some guest weather to get to today, but uh, by way of uh, an email from. Our good friend, Adam. Adam says, hey, guys, I would like to request guest weather for Townsville, Queensland, Australia. So let's do that and then get to the rest of his, uh, to the rest of his email. 
looks like they're having a nice, like, I mean, it's Australia, so they're having a nice summer, right? It's 85 degrees, sunny, maybe even a little too warm. Humidity of 56%. My goodness. That's a lot of humidity. That's so much humidity. Wind. More than half. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, maybe you need an umbrella, but it's not going to rain. Don't be fooled. Um, So it seems like it's beautiful there. Um, The rest of Adam's email goes on to read. Thank you for uh, or thank you for talking about my picks for the top NES games. I've recently dived back into the Virtual Console and replayed a lot of games on that list. Uh, now this is Patrick jumping back in here just to remind everyone that our list of our top eight NES games has, of course, been rendered uh, non-definitive. Although it's still enjoying definitive status through the, the end, end of the, of the year. year. That's right. So uh, get get those in uh, as as er- as early as you can, Adam. Uh, he says, "What I was thinking about with Kid Icarus, or what was I thinking with Kid Icarus? Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. All I know is that it's terrible. I've realized now that I have rose-colored glasses when it comes to games I played it as played as a kid. Shadows of the Empire. Need I say more? No, you, you really don't. You, you really don't. Um, he says, needless to say, if I, could, if I could do it over again, I would pick something different. Uh, I've also noticed that you can get Sega Mega Drive games on the VC for 3DS. That's the virtual console for 3DS. Needless to say, I will be playing a lot of classics for the next month or so. That's it. Regards, Adam. Um, do you have a, a place in your heart for Sega Master Drive games, Mark? Uh, I don't know that I've ever played one. Uh, huh. Me too? Big ups to all of our listeners in Townsville City, Australia. That does that feel like a little RPG Townsville town City? Yeah, like it's just not real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of like it feels like a lot of words for the same thing. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Townsville City, Berg, USA, Australia. Um, Mark, we've got a debug to get to. Oh, this one's my fault. And I mm-hmm. hate saying that. You know I hate saying I, that. I do know it, but I love to hear it. Okay, so last week, uh, when we were d- in our 200th episode spectacular, mm-hmm. we got to our list of the eight best NES games. And Patrick, you said something to the effect of, we did this last week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there is no way that is possible. There's no way it was only a week ago right from when we were recording our 200th episode but it and was yet, yeah yeah it, it was it felt it like really a million was. years ago no it was one week here's here's my theory mark um it was our 200th episode spectacular uh, mm-hmm. we had an enormous in-studio audience you were a little bit nervous you were excited and uh you know some of the facts get muddled in your head yeah who's to say no one's to say don't write in about that <laughs> Um, but if you would like to write in and borrow my copy of Sonic Forces, you are more than welcome to. All you have to do is send us your address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And then I send you my copy of Sonic Forces, and that's it. You can play it as long as you want, and then send it back. That's all of it. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. I've been playing Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Yes. So come back on Thursday. And we will talk more about that. Chat about that. Um, But it may interest you to learn that I have not been playing any Pokemon Let's Go, except for the little bit that I played with Mark. But it's not. We've had many conversations about, are you going to get this, Patrick? And uh, to this point in time, the answer is no. Uh, Mark, what else have you been playing? 
Uh, we also played some Diablo 3 this weekend. Yeah, we did. Um, that game remains a fun, uh, like, diversion. Of, yeah, hypnotic time waster. <laughs> so when we were playing before, I had logged in as a guest, and you created a new character because you uh, had done, like, a, a season character. Right, and when you're jo- playing with a guest, the guest can't create a season character, so I had to create a normal character. Right. Well, and maybe I should have just not logged in as a guest. I should have been like me on your Switch, right? Right. I think that would have remedied it. Because as it a, a, the way it shook out, I had to start a new character when we played this time. Started a barbarian. I was a wizard last time. Um and at first I was like, "Oh no, I don't want to cuz you were like level 12 or something." Um and I was like, "I don't want to start all over from zero. Um but it turns out that when you're rolling around with someone who's leveling in the teens and you're at 1, you level up pretty quick. Yeah, by the time we finished playing, I had gained like one or two levels. And, and I was you were like basically, level 10. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, still a uh, fun, weird game. I mean, like, I get why it's fun, um, but I almost don't get why people are so passionate about Diablo, right? Like, there was the whole thing about uh, Diablo Immortal a couple weeks ago where, like, the hardcore Diablo fans got real mad about it. Um, and I'm just like, hardcore Diablo fan. Like, what? <laughs> Some people really get into the lore. I was actually sure. talking to somebody today who, you know, they've been playing Diablo since the first game. And they want to do all the side quests and talk to everybody because, like, the lore of the world is what interests them so much about the game. See, now that is not how we were playing the game. Because when it came to any conversation or any cutscene. Oh, we could not mash that B button fast oh, enough. Oh, man, we love bash, ba- jamming, bashing, mashing that B button as fast as you can to just, like, skip, 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 Um, Which is weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, w- I was enjoying the way we were playing it, but it certainly does seem like we are playing it in a way that the game does not intend to be played, right? <laughs> like, it wants you to enjoy these conversations, and we're like, nah. Yeah, but that's how I play every game. All I right. very rarely am like, care about the lore in a video game so speaking of i've been playing the messenger still um which uh, is full of writing that i really like and so i read every word that runs across that little screen um but now that i'm into the more like metroidvania part of it there isn't as much dialogue uh so the game doesn't seem quite as uh like fun and funny not that it's not fun i'm still really enjoying it uh and i continue to open up like new levels and new areas and uh, I just, I really like that game. Um, and someday I swear I will finish it. Uh, another thing, Mark, I made a discovery this week. Tell me about it. The Wii U Virtual Console has Game Boy Advance games. Mm-hmm. This is something we knew. I played the Metroid uh, Zero Mission and Fusion uh, maybe like a year ago. And that, that's how I played them. Um, and I've got uh, both the Fire Emblem games on there and Golden Sun and some other stuff. Um, but I recently made the discovery that you can play Game Boy Advance games and Super Nintendo games using a Super NES Classic Edition controller plugged into a Wii remote on your TV or on your Wii U gamepad. That's awesome. It's like the perfect way to play these games. So I've been using it to sort of put some time into Golden Sun, which uh, is a game I've knocked uh, a couple times uh, for being too chatty. It is still. It's still too chatty. Um, But actually getting in and playing with a controller that feels right in my hand 
um, I love. I don't. I don't know if we if anyone has bested the Super Nintendo controller. It feels perfect in my hand, and I understand that it lacks a lot of things that you need to play modern games. But like, if you don't need those things, the Super Nintendo controller is perfect. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah, I will probably be rep- in the next couple weeks, maybe the next year. I will just continue to report on old Game Boy Advance games that I am that I am playing for the first time on my Wii U. Here's a fun thing: is if we wanted to, which we don't, we could. S- Seeing a parody version of Black Hole Sun using the words Golden Sun. So, yeah, we could do that. I don't want to do that. Mark, let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, Warframe is available on the Switch eShop. Um, that's exciting for people who are interested in Warframe. And I'm going to pick it up because why not? It's free to play. Might yep. as well try it out. Speaking of free-to-play, Brawlhalla is free-to-play on your Switch. Uh, that's the, like, Smash-like game that includes Shovel Knight and uh, Rayman? Rayman? Uh, yes, I believe so. And then the other Smash-like that includes, uh, like, indie characters is Brawl Out. And that includes Juan from Guacamelee. And oh, is Shovel Knight in that one? No, I don't think okay. so. I think Shovel Knight is in uh, Brawlhalla. Um, but uh, yeah, Juan from Guacamelee and Ukulele are both in Brawlout. And YouTubers Life OMG Edition. Have you seen the uh, like just the little thumbnail for this game? No. Um, it looks super obnoxious. I don't know <laughs> what this game is. I've just seen a ton of people like screen grabbing it and being like, "What is this?" I hope it's very successful. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, and then on November 22nd, Nidhogg 2 comes out. Yeah. And Ms. Splosion Man. Now, I'm not familiar with uh, Ms. Splosion Man. Uh, so Ms. Splosion Man is one of like the original um, like Xbox arcade like uh, indie games on uh, original Xbox. X- not, not 360, right? It's like right before like going into that generation. Um, is a game that I am also not familiar with, but is one of those like you know, one of the very early, like, high-profile indie games. And you pose a question here. Uh, when is Killer Queen Black coming out? Yeah. When is Killer Queen Black coming out? We knew the, the Nindy Direct said that it would be coming out this year, and we're running out of this year. But that was, like, a million years ago. I feel like these dates are very loose. <laughs> well, hold on, because we're using the word year literally and figuratively <laughs> in the same conversation. <laughs> I just think we need to be careful. Okay, it is figuratively a million years ago that it w- that that it was announced for sometime this year literally, literally. <laughs> um yeah i just look i want to play killer queen black and do i have to wait until like christmas playing it with my family i guess that's okay because there'll be a lot of people there to play well and maybe it slipped to early 2019 oh don't you think we should know about that <laughs> i don't know i <laughs> i i still have memories of pocket rumble uh yes pocket rumble Here's a fun thing we could do, if we wanted to. Yeah. We could sing Killer Queen Black to uh-huh. the tune of Killer Queen. Okay, I feel like these are becoming less creative as we go. All right, Mark, let's close out of this segment. And now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. 
1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today we are going to be talking about Thanksgiving sides. So, I don't eat meat, as you well know. So Thanksgiving for me in the last couple of years has become an exercise in sides. Uh, there's, there's no turkey for me. I can't eat that turkey. Is there something on Thanksgiving that you're like, this is our main course and everything else is accoutrement? Yeah, when, like when we, when we present, when it's uh, Sarah and Patrick present Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, yes, but... That doesn't improve the meal any because it's always like some sort of like ring of squash stuffed with stuff. But it's like we're just going to have squash in some other form. And the stuff that we're stuffing it with is stuffing. Stuffing. The stuff that stuffs the stuff is stuffing. Uh, and like there's also just going to be stuffing on top of that. Meat substitutes. Tofurkey. No. No, thank you. I don't need it. I don't need I mean, no. Just no, I don't need it. Um, do you, where do you come down on, uh, the necessity of turkey or like a, a main like that on, on Thanksgiving? Well, my husband does not like turkey. There you go. Um, and I don't like ham. Interesting. So our options are whittling down to like, uh, traditional Thanksgiving dishes. Hamburgers. <laughs> like, this very, you know, quickly. I like. I don't even know what you do at that point. Right, right, right. Um. So what? What would you say are your? Do you have like a go-to side or like a side that you're excited about when it comes to Thanksgiving? Layered Jello. Oh, really? Yep. Um. My family always used to call that a salad, and I don't know if that was because it was on a single gigantic piece of iceberg lettuce. <laughs> was there fruit in there? Yeah. Oh, see, no, 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 no. That's not at all what I'm talking about. Okay, all right. Okay. Lay, lay it on me. Here's what I'm talking about. Right. A layer of one flavor of Jello. Right. Cool Whip. Another layer of Jello. Uh huh. Cool, cool whip. whip. Another layer of Jello. This could go on for as many layers as you are willing to do. Right. Cool Whip. Sprinkles. Sprinkles? Yeah. The sprinkles seem decadent. <laughs> Yeah, the five layers of Jello, <laughs> those and, were reasonable. And Cool Whip, and is the Cool Whip dyed like a color, or is it always just? No, that'd be garish. you made a you made a weird face. That'd at be me. garish. I was asking a question. Not tacky. <laughs> no, here's the thing about layer Jello yeah. is like all the other Thanksgiving sides, which I enjoy, like mashed potatoes, corn, sweet potato, whatever. Yeah, that's just food. You can have that on a regular. You know, there's nothing special about mashed potatoes. But, but you don't. You don't have mashed potatoes on a regular basis. I have it on a fairly regular basis. How regular are you having mashed potatoes? I don't know. Maybe like once or twice a month. That's No, you are not. <laughs> you are having mashed potatoes maybe once every other month. Maybe. That seems too frequent. You don't are not you having dare mashed potatoes Call that me a frequently. liar about how many mashed <laughs> oh. potatoes I eat a month. Well, okay, sweet potatoes, though. Oh, yeah. Sweet potatoes I have very rarely. Right. Because, like, who has the time for that? But layer Jello, you have maybe once a year. Sure. At Thanksgiving, so it's special to me. I feel like it pops up at Christmas time too. Maybe in your family. Yeah, yeah. Maybe in my family. It sounds like you guys didn't even have layer Jello. It sounds like you had gross Jello salad on right, top of iceberg right. lettuce. It was bad. Who wants that? No one. Here's what? here's what I do like about Thanksgiving sides: stuffing. 
and you don't have stuffing any other time of year. There's nothing like stuffing even. It's what, like bread soaked in something? And then like maybe there's yeah, turkey turkey juice? Broth of some kind. Mm-hmm. The what we make uh for Thursday will be like soaked in veggie broth. Um I like stuffing. What is veggie broth? Well I guess we'll uh, never I guess know. We will in fact never know. We were accompanied today by the pianist Armin Fuchs. Um all right, Mark, let's get into the news. I think that was maybe our most contentious 433 ever. Uh, yeah, but look, we're festive and in the, in the mood to celebrate holidays, and holidays are personal to everyone. So we're going to put these two very personal things next to each other, and, uh, you know, it's going to get heated. The Detective Pikachu trailer came out last week. Mm, speaking of things getting heated. I was not expecting to enjoy this as much as I did. Uh, yeah, I was expecting to... Were you expecting to dislike it? Or No, I was expecting to be like, oh, this is not for me. Yes, uh, which is actually how I feel about most Pokemon things, period. But specific, uh, very much so about Pokemon things that aren't video games. I'm just like, maybe it'll be cute. I don't need it. Um, but the trailer itself... Uh, actually seems kind of awesome. Yeah, afterwards I was like, maybe I do need this. Yeah. Uh, it was really fun. It mm-hmm. feels like it got like the tone right. Yes. And um, one of the big takeaways for me was it makes sense that the Pokemon would have texture, yeah. that they would yeah. have like fur we gotta, or whatever. We gotta talk about this. But I never... It was still shocking to me when I saw it in action. Well, because there are some Pokemon that I think you, uh, like, the mind doesn't have that hard of a time being like, okay, this thing would have scales. Okay, this thing would have fur. Like, the Pikachu with fur, you're like, it's a little, it's not what I'm used to seeing, but, like, I get it. The thing that threw me the most was the Jigglypuff. And this Jigglypuff seems like it has had a long day, right? (laughs) It is haggard. (laughs) like furry and gross and i love it the internet loves it too oh yeah it's great have you seen the uh a star is born memes Uh with it where it's like i just want to get one more look at you (laughs) and it's just a jigglypuff again (laughs) it's good look it up um yeah i'm very i'm excited about this movie do you know what it feels like to me um, who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. Yeah. It feels like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Which also walked a very thin line in, like, uh, tonally yeah. and pulled it off. Yeah, where it's like, are you being silly? Are you being serious? The answer to both questions simultaneously is yes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all there for it. It may still prove to be, like, a crappy, cheesy movie. Absolutely. Um, like, the first part of the trailer, I think, is great. And, like, that little tag at the end with the Mr. Mime is very funny. Um, but, like, as it's ramping up to, like, its conclusion, and you can hear Ryan Reynolds' voice as Detective Pikachu being like, there's some kind of magic that brought us together. That's where I'm like, oh, okay, it is still a Pokemon movie. <laughs> like, it's still going to be driven by some pretty, like, juvenile base emotional beats. Um, but, you know, maybe it'll be fun and look cool. Comes out, I think, next May. Uh, yeah, and you know we gotta do an episode about this thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't Man. wait. Man, it's gonna be so fun. I'm already excited. Mm-hmm. The final build of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is in the wild, which, to me, seems like a little crazy, but the game is only, like, two weeks away at this point. Yeah, December 7th is so soon. It, it, so soon. 
And you say two weeks away. And uh, the internet is starting to collate some of the details of the game. Like, for instance, though Cloud is in the game, there isn't very much Final Fantasy music. Just the same two tracks that were in Smash 4. So, well, you know, we've seen that uh, Simon Belmont and the other Belmont that's in here, Richter, um, bring like a whole host of Castlevania tracks. Uh, Seems like Square Enix is still being a little bit stingy about what all they will allow to go with Cloud to smash um his midgar stage is still in there uh but it, it does seem like they're hanging on to it or being a little like yeah it's almost it. like you can have the stuff that was there before but no but more. no more and at a press event nintendo reps told attendees that they should be able to unlock the entire roster of characters in a few hours right so well you only start the game with like eight characters the original uh lineup of smash brothers from the nintendo 64 um and have to unlock the other 62 of them over the course of uh, play um, that you should be able to do it, uh, you know, without, like, obsessing about the game. And, and we had heard something time. to that effect, uh, I think, at E3, where they talked about the um, that they would make it easier or faster to unlock different characters. Yeah, well, and, you know, Smash has always been good about there being multiple ways to unlock characters that, like... If you're just playing enough times, like you're going to accidentally stumble into them all over the place. Like, you know, use Mario three times and now you got Dr. Mario. Especially in a roster this big, it seems like it'll probably be happening very frequently. Yeah. GameStop has announced their Black Friday deals. And one of them is for the Nintendo Switch Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Bundle. So for $300 or $299.99, you also get a $50 GameStop gift card. Which is a pretty good deal if you don't have a Switch and you were going to buy Mario Kart anyway. I mean, I guess the bundle is already only 300 bucks, But to get the Switch and the game, and it's like you're getting the Switch for like 190 bucks, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like with the $50 GameStop gift card, you could probably pick up a second game or pretty close to it. Yeah. Yeah, you could get most of Super Mario Odyssey. Also, sales pricing on a bunch of Switch games, including L.A. Noir for $9.99, Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Dragon Ball Fighters for $29.99, Crash Bandicoot Collection for $29.99, and others, um, including Sonic Forces for $24.99. Um, which raises the question, because we've been keeping an eye on Sonic Forces. As you know, we have the Sonic Forces borrowing program. If you would like to borrow a copy of it, just email your address to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail. And we've been saying, it takes a long time to pass this thing around. Uh, would it make sense to get a second copy of it? And Mark said, surely the game can't still cost $40. Assumed it was like 10 bucks. Yeah, nope. It is still $40, uh, but we might be able to pick one up the, this week of Black Friday for 25 bucks. Which even then is a lot. It seems like too much. <laughs> uh, this past week... Sony announced that they'll be skipping E3 2019. Okay, so we have got to be the video game podcast uh, talking about this the latest, right? (laughs) First of all, we are like 25 minutes into this episode, and we're not screaming about this yet. Uh, This is a huge seismic shift to E3. Um, Yeah, they take up, you know, they have uh, this press conference on Monday night, the the week of E3, which is a big deal and is exciting, Um, but just there... Uh, footprint on the show floor at E3 is enormous. It is literally like right across the aisle from Nintendo and takes up as much space and is taller, like just goes on 
forever. This this last it's usually year, like two stories. Yeah, Nintendo also had like a, a second story, but like um, Sony's, I believe there was like a second story of stuff that you could like go and play. Um, but they had these pillars that just like reached up, like just like all the way to the ceiling. Um, so like it's it seems like the, it, this is an enormous hole to fill, both in terms of like just the show floor and then just like programmatically speaking what the week of e3 is without playstation we don't know what that we don't we don't know what that looks like yeah so uh i guess a couple of things yeah one the after this was announced Mm -hmm. on like kotaku and other sites it seems like the playstation 5 is going to be coming out in 2020 Sure. So that that is sort of a little bit of the the scuttlebutt. PlayStation also canceled their or not canceled, but announced that they would not be holding the PlayStation Experience, which is a convention that they've held in Anaheim the last couple of years. Um, in December, I went last year. It was fun, but it felt it was light last year, especially compared to years previous. And both at it and at E3 last year, they were kind of showing the same games. Like, uh, I guess they were showing God of War, uh, or God of War, which has since come out, but like last of us 2 and um uh you know all all of all of the big uh sony games that are are coming out they've sort of done whatever like push they can for these things yeah so i feel like that's one factor yes yeah. why they'd skip the second factor is like you were saying they maybe don't have any like huge games to announce you know for the like playstation 4 mm-hmm. and so yeah, because why they, put on yeah. why why spend all the money? Yeah, and why put on this and why spend the money and put on a big show just to be get screamed at on the internet? Yeah, right. Well, and yeah, exactly. Like if they show off Death Stranding again or Ghost of Tsushima again, you know, it's it it'll be like a point of frustration, I think. Um, and they obviously have games for whatever the next PlayStation is, um, like in the docket that I'm sure they would actually love to start teasing now but can't because they don't have uh, either like whatever the marketing plan set in place for PlayStation 5. Um, do you think, and I think this has also been like sort of a, a rumor circulating that there will be some sort of um, announcement event that Sony holds like separate to E3 and separate to like the PlayStation experience to like unveil the PlayStation 5? If the PlayStation 5 comes out in 2020, I don't think we'll hear anything about it. I think it'll basically be like a repeat of the PlayStation 4 where uh the console's released in the fall of 2020 and like in March of 2020 it's re- it's revealed. Right. And at less of an event and more they like they did have a like a thing in New York, right? It was just like yeah, I mean, it was I like think a one it, night like press event. Yeah, but it was thing. like a pretty big, you know, like reveal. Uh-huh. But I I just don't think they benefit any from getting out like 18 months ahead of or even a year ahead of like when the thing is going to release. Do you think that uh, the big consoles uh, still need to release in the fall? No, I mean, I, I don't think they have to if they don't want to. But I mean, that's uh, Sony's, I don't know when the PlayStation 2 came out, but the PlayStation 3 and 4 both came out in November. I mean, it's a great time to release anything. Right, because people are about to buy a ton of stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I wonder if um, the Nintendo Switch changed any of that, um, just because it was. I mean, it didn't even sell really enormous numbers when it came out, um, but it was like the talk of the town, and you couldn't get one. 
uh, and, and all of this kind of stuff. So I wonder if like they're looking at that and seeing like, oh, maybe March or, you know, the spring is a viable time to actually release hardware. Yeah, I mean, totally possible. And I, I guess the third part of why I think that Sony's probably skipping E3 is like you're saying, like to attend E3 and to have a booth at E3 is incredibly expensive. Yes. And it's less and less uh necessary to get your message to like fans or to the press like sony could just hold their own conference at any time right and, and in fact they have traditionally h- held their own conference in anaheim yeah and so just like they can garner as much attention there as they would competing with every all the other announcements at city three um so let me ask you this uh nintendo obviously doesn't do a presentation around uh e3 but they do have their uh, or they don't do they don't do like a live press conference right, anymore. Right, right. Yeah. They they do a Nintendo Direct and then they do like live from the treehouse, which is there. Um and then the, a huge presence on the show floor and like all of this like uh, you know, really garish. It's like a little Nintendo museum in there. Um this last year it was all Smash Brothers stuff. The year before it was uh New Donk City, and the year before that was all Zelda. Um but like so, you know, Nintendo is like, okay, we don't do the the live presentation, but we still are present on the floor. Um, I mean, what what does it mean that, like, Sony can just be like, nah, we don't need to be present on the floor? Uh, I mean, we've seen that with, like, uh, other big companies, EA. Yeah. Or Rockstar. Like, I... I mean, Rockstar plays by their own rules. Right. But is, I, I mean, is Sony maybe starting to, like, be in that stratosphere now of, like, we play by our own rules, we do well, whatever we want? and... I mean, I just don't think companies really need E3. Sure. Uh, although, as when Sony made this announcement, shortly afterwards, E3 put out a... Uh, or the Entertainment Software Association, which is the industry group that organizes E3, put out a press release being like, everything's fine. We're okay. We're as strong as ever. Don't worry about us. It was titled... Industry momentum will drive E3 2019 to new heights. New heights, heights, heights. Uh, and here's the Nintendo <laughs> relation to oh, this yeah. story. What show uh, are we doing? <laughs> in it, uh, in that press release, Reggie Fizeme, the president of Nintendo of America, confirmed that Nintendo will be present at E3 2019. Uh, and they even included a quote from Reggie Fizeme saying. Every year, we discuss what will be the best way for us to take advantage of the next E3 show in order to bring smiles to people's faces. Great quote. Do you think this means, Mark, will you go on the record now, saying that Nintendo at E3 2019 will announce that they have purchased PlayStation, <laughs> and that is why PlayStation is not appearing at the event, is because Nintendo has shut it doesn't exist anymore. to retool it, and then we're going to get, you know, Nathan Drake in Smash 6. Book it. Bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reggie was apparently in a talking mood. I like it when Reggie talks. Yeah, I guess he was he was doing the rounds of uh like press tour, and I I guess probably in conjunction with po- the release of Pokemon Let's Go. Yeah, or Smash. Like they've got. Oh yeah, big, or just like the holiday season weeks, in yeah. general. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he he was gabbing it up with a lot of places in an interview with Mashable. He said that Nintendo has internal expectations for when Metroid Prime 4 will release and that the game is well into development. Internal expectations. Sure. So they're probably like penciled it in for 2020. Thursday. (laughs) If they can squeeze it in then. If not, they'll, you know, reschedule for a couple of weeks. No big deal. But I guess that makes sense. They're not. Yeah, that it's 
it's not a like far off distant title. It is something that will actually come out, which I guess is it is a weird distinction to make. But like, you know, if you were to ask me just back on like Sony for a second, like when is Dreams coming out, or when is what's a zombie game with like a bunch of zombies in it? Uh, Dreams? No, no, it's. I mean, when's Dreams gonna come out? I don't know. Haven't we been talking about that game? I mean, we haven't been talking about that game. But that game was announced like a million years ago. It was announced at the the event that we were alluding to before, that PlayStation 4 reveal event. Dreams was <laughs> Dreams was announced then. It looks cool. I want to play Dreams. Do you play that game? Yeah. I mean, you play it and you make it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right. It look it looks cool. In a, in an interview with Kotaku, Reggie said that the company hasn't ruled out the an N64 Classic Edition, but that it's, quote, not in our planning horizon. I still don't see how this thing would work. I mean, I think you're right. I, you. I want to believe. Mm-hmm. Hashtag X-Files, but I... X-Files, but... Here's... Okay, look. We don't control first-person shooters the way that we used to on the Nintendo 64. Yeah, I, I think if you released an N64 Classic Edition and it had an N64 controller, nobody would know how to hold that thing. No one would know how to hold it, and even once they figured out how to hold it, do you remember how to control James Bond no. in GoldenEye? Because it's a nightmare. It doesn't make sense. We are so used to twin-stick first-person shooters that tr- introducing another method of control is its like it's impossible. It's like learning to fly a jet. Um, and also, you're not going to see GoldenEye on this thing or Perfect Dark because those are both made by Rare. Also, the James Bond license. Like, any of the games that you want to be on this thing aren't going to be on this thing. And what, are you going to get four N64 controllers to plug into this thing? No, it's just not. It's not a feasible, viable system. I don't think it's ever going to happen. He noted that uh, Nintendo viewed the Classic Edition consoles as a limited time opportunity to bridge business between the Wii U and the Switch. And that actually does make sense. Yeah, plus you can use your controllers to play classic games on the Wii U. Interesting to note that you can't play your and you can't use your NES Classic Edition controller to play games as far uh, as we can tell. Yeah, I mean you might be able to use it. I didn't test this. You might be able to use it on like NES, NES games, games that would follow. But you cannot use it on Game Boy Advance games because they don't have the shoulder button. Well, that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Also in Kotaku, Reggie reiterated that Nintendo president uh or he reiterated what Nintendo president Shintaro Furukawa expressed in the company's second quarter earnings Q&A, which we talked about a week ago or two weeks ago, that post-release content updates are a critical tactic that, quote, can drive ongoing engagement both with that particular game and to the platform, end quote. Um, I really like this. It makes me hopeful that we will get substantive additional content for all of the you know great Switch games that came out in 2017. And there were good games that came out this year as well. But I feel like 2017 is the sort of banner year for the Switch. Um, and maybe 2019 will also be that. But man... It would be great to get more uh, Mario Odyssey. It would be great to get more Mario Kart. It would be great to get more uh, Splatoon. Not that we don't always get more Splatoon. And, of course, Zelda. Yeah, I feel like all of those games have already gotten a lot of post-release content. I think it's interesting to me that the um, even like the smaller like B tier titles like Mario Tennis Aces, mm-hmm. and we're seeing it with Kirby Star Allies. Like they're getting 
who knows how long it'll last, but it seems like they're pretty much following a like one year cycle with all of these games. Yeah, but I mean, all of that is. I wonder if what they're saying now is different from the sort of like drips and drabs approach that we've gotten from Splatoon, from Mario Tennis, from Kirby, where like we get new stuff, but it's like here's a new dream friend or like here's a new gun in Splatoon. Like you're never really not never, but it is not often that you're getting like a new set of you know tracks for Mario Kart or something like that, like new dungeons or areas to explore or kingdoms uh, in uh, Mario Odyssey. Um, and I feel like that's the kind of stuff that when, you know, I'm thinking about what would really bring me back to a game, you know, not some like cosmetic things and not some like mini game mode or something like that, but like a new kingdom, a new divine beast. Like these are the kind of things that will get me back into these games. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's totally true, but I think that can be balanced with absolutely um, like the smaller updates like Luigi's uh balloon whatever that's called yeah balloon world you know that's like a substantive update but it's not as big as like a new kingdom or something right i mean something that is going to involve like some serious r&d like uh luigi's balloon world is sort of just like a way for the like them to hack the existing assets and uh like create a mini game with what's already there um, but yeah, if they were actually like molding something from the ground up as a new area for that or for any of these games, I feel like that's really, that would drive a lot of people back to those games. He also, Reggie also noted that Breath of the, the, Breath of the Wild DLC uh, has done exceptionally well. Oh, good for the Breath of the Wild DLC. Uh, this might just be news for Patrick. Thank you. But the Messenger is getting a quality of, quality of life update. That's good. It includes a new game plus mode with some kind of mm, twist. Uh, I can explain the twist. Okay. Um, so when you beat the messenger, uh, you can do a new game plus where you get, uh, you know, you get all of like the base items again for like your second run through and you get to choose like one of the like more special items from your first playthrough to like carry over to the next one. Um, and then you can play through again. And so that's like your new game plus one. And then you can do the next time through new game plus two plus three. And it gets harder every time. And you're slowly like amassing all of the things that you collect each time. Um, So it's somewhere like at plus 18 or plus 19 or something like that, that you just start the game with all the stuff, but all the bad guys are dealing like 500% damage and you're like chipping away at them. I don't know that I would ever do this, but it seems like fun. They're also going to announce what's next for the messenger at the Kind of Funny Showcase on December 8th. Um, I'm excited for what's next for the messenger. I'm enjoying this game, Mark. And finally, this week's or this last weekend's Splatfest resulted in a 3 to 0 victory for Team Salsa over twee- Team Guacamole. Um, and Patrick did a little editorializing here saying that once again, this proves that there is no such thing as justice in this world. But of course, I'm gloating. Because even though I didn't log in and participate, I am Team Salsa. Well, and not just because it was the winning team. It's on the record. You can go back and listen to it. That's, that, that is true. You can go back and listen to it just last week, not two weeks ago. <laughs> um, and look, this is my fault. I did not participate in the Splatfest. Oh, yeah. You would have tipped the scales for I sure. Deci- <laughs> I decided I'm going to leave that to other people. That's not my responsibility. Uh, so I guess I waived my right to uh, complain, be upset about it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, let that be a lesson. Everybody should 
participate in Splatfest. Yeah. All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. That sort of thing helps us a lot. If you like this episode, please share it on whatever you share stuff on um, Facebook or Twitter or in real life. On Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nin Cartridge. Nin Cart. Oh my God. The, <laughs> the show is at Nin Cart Society. You can check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape at Betty. You can get more of his music by going to Ape at Betty dot com or by listening right now for my co-host mark mitchell this is patrick ellers saying a golden sun won't you come and thanks for listening Campfire.